What's up? Welcome back. This is the Systems Made Simple podcast. This is episode 101. And today we are talking about how to deepen your connections with your audience through the power of your story so you can increase engagement, build trust, and convert more clients into your programs simply by sharing better, more engaging content. That's all coming up next, so stay tuned. Globally ranked among the top shows in business and education, we're known for one thing, helping overworked entrepreneurs like you learn how to run your business like a true visionary leader. Because when you get the right systems, support, and structure in place, you can spend more time in your zone of genius. So if you're tired of listening to today's business influencers teach the same old worn out marketing strategies that aren't making you any money, it's time to take a look under the hood of your business and fix the engine itself. Because the truth is, you don't have to work as hard as you are right now to scale beyond six figures and create the greater influence, income, and impact that you deserve. The secret to scaling starts on the back end of your business. This is the Systems Made Simple Podcast. All right, before we get into today's episode, I want to thank our featured listener this week, Carrie, who says, with so many podcasts to choose from and so many demands on our time, Courtney clearly gets it. These episodes focus on helpful insights and actionable steps, all things that we can apply right now to create our own effortless life. Ah, I got the shivers. Carrie, thank you so much. This is amazing. I'm glad to hear that you're getting so much value out of this show. It means so much to me when people like you take the time to leave a review. That truly is, for us podcasters, that is the only way, the only metric by which we know that our show is having an impact with you. So thank you, Carrie, for taking a minute to share your feedback with me on the show. I'm glad to know that this has been helpful for you. And for you listening, if you haven't left a review, we would love for you to do so. Not only does it let me know, that what I share here is helping you, but it helps other people like you who are entrepreneurs, who are small business owners, who are in the online business space, and who are maybe struggling in their business right now. It helps them find the show so that they can get access to these great tools and resources and strategies and systems that we share with you here on the show week after week. So if you haven't left a review, we would love it if you would take one minute of your time. It's literally so quick. Scroll down in your Apple app, tap the five stars, write one or two sentences about how the show is impacting you, maybe your favorite episode that you've heard so far, and let me know how the show is impacting your life. It would mean a lot to me to read it, and it would mean a lot to others who are looking at this show to see that, to know that this is the right place for them. I can't wait to introduce you to my guest today, Tyler Foley, or Sean Tyler Foley, to be exact. He has been acting in film and television since he was six years old, and now he coaches others on how to impact an audience with their stories. And the reason that I wanted to bring him to you is because, first of all, for me personally, Learning how to tell my own story in a compelling way was something that I really struggled with at the beginning of my business. And if you've been listening for a while, then you've likely heard bits and pieces of that story, like overcoming an eating disorder and cancer, overcoming cancer. But the problem was I didn't know how to make these moments that were big and impactful for me relatable to my audience. Like, why should they care? 
And how on earth did those moments, even though they were pivotal moments in my life for my business, how did those, how did I make those connections with my audience so they could see why? And how could I make those moments connect with my mission and how I help people? So through a lot of trial and error, I was able to make some sense of it and start using my story to engage my audience in a deeper way. But then I became desensitized to my story because I had told it so many times that it wasn't impactful anymore because the way I was telling it wasn't impactful. And one of the things that I kept hearing from people, particularly my students, was that, Courtney, you have a great story, but I don't. My life's not exciting. I haven't overcome anything big to speak of like you have. And so on one end of the spectrum or the other, we were all struggling to tell our story in a relatable way. And I will say now, knowing what I know now about storytelling and the power of it and using storytelling in your business, there is an art form to it. And it's something you have to master if you really want to connect with your audience, with your ideal client in a much deeper way. And I can think of no one better to teach you how to master this art form than Tyler. And he is here today to help you identify the most impactful parts of your life story and show you how to tell a compelling story even when your life doesn't feel exciting. And this, in turn, is going to help you position your story in a way that helps you attract more of your ideal clients and create more engaging content for your people and ultimately make you more memorable so you can cut through all the noise that's out there and really stand out in people's minds. Tyler, welcome to the Systems Made Simple podcast. I'm glad you're here today. Oh, it's my joy to be here, Courtney. I've been looking forward to this one. So have I. And you know, when I was looking at you and your background and your expertise, I thought, hmm, this is going to be a really interesting conversation. And I think a timely one too for our audience, because at the time of this recording, we're about to flip the calendar into a new year. And so the energy typically of this season, at least for me, last month of the year, it's kind of tying up loose ends on the existing year. And then thinking about what the heck do I want to achieve in the year ahead and how do I begin to do that and kind of all of those bigger questions that we begin asking ourselves. And I think one of the questions inherent in all of those big picture questions that we ask ourselves at this time of the year is, you know, how do I not only achieve my goals in my business, but how do I build my authority and get people to notice me? And maybe we're not asking ourselves that. Our ego is probably asking ourselves that. But maybe we're not outright saying that, right? Like, how do I become more of an authority and, you know, uh, get people to notice me? But I think that's the thing we all desire. We all want connection. We all want more leads, more sales, right? As business owners, that's the lifeblood of our business. So how do we build that authority? How do we create those connections? And you have a very unique way of doing this that I'm excited to have you share. And before we get to that, I'd love to have you share with us your story and how you got into doing what it is you do today. Well, I, I'll tell you, it is very circuitous and I will try to condense it rapidly for you because it can be a, a day long exercise telling my story. But I started in, on stage when I was six years old, uh, very young age and loved it instantaneously. And um, from stage progressed into film and television and made a 20 year career out of acting um, and performing. 
And at 25, after 20 years in the business, I did what most people who've had a 20 year career do. And I retired from it and went back to school, got an engineering, uh, an engineering discipline behind my belt. And I started my own company, uh, an aerial survey firm and specialized in photogrammetry, which is just a fancy way of saying I took pictures of the ground and made maps out of them. And now anybody who has used Google Maps ever and has turned satellite view on knows exactly what I'm talking about. That I used to make those out of planes and taking pictures of the ground. Uh, that company, unfortunately, uh, did not do well. Google definitely has cornered the market and satellites have become better and better and better. And the need for aerial photography has become less and less and less. And I could see the writing on the wall and I thought I could pivot to this interior mobile mapping where I could go in and scan people's buildings for them and give them pretty pictures and 3D geopositions information. And uh, the technology was expensive and new and most people are afraid of expensive and new. So <laughs> that that was the end of, of that company. And through it, that my primary client was the government and I needed to have a whole bunch of safety systems in place um, when you work for the government, they want you to be safe, obviously. And so I had taken all of the safety training. And so a friend of mine who is a very, very accomplished, very successful entrepreneur himself and runs his own electrical uh, company asked if I would come and be his safety manager for him. And I took that gig. Next thing I knew, I was in the middle of nowhere building multi, multi-million dollar um, industrial complexes and uh, running safety meetings. And a couple of people would ask me, how do you do that? Like, how do you just get up and just talk? I was like, oh, it's super easy. I've been doing that all my life. <laughs> Six years old, man, I've been on stage. This is, this is my jam. And a few executives actually asked if I could help them and coach them on how to give better presentations. And next thing I knew, I no longer was working in safety and was all of a sudden this executive coach and helping people craft their stories and speeches and really connect with their audience. And I found a, a second life as a, as a trainer, both as a safety trainer and now as a professional speaker coach. That's awesome. Isn't it crazy where our life takes us, all the twists and turns? Sometimes we can't see around that bend in the road, but then at a certain point looking back, we can see that every little thing was just leading us in the direction we were always meant to go. I think that is so Oh, cool. yeah. In a, in a reverse retrospective, my path is incredibly linear. But when I was six, there was the, I, it would be the most winding road to the top of this mountain, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I think everyone listening can relate to that. I know I can. I mean, there have been these points in my own journey and my own story where I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, I mean, whew, where is this going to go? But then it always winds up going, you know, the direction that that it was meant to. And I think that's just, that's so cool. So you have this amazing storytelling talent. And not only were you able to utilize that talent in your life for 20 years, I mean, that's an amazing career right there, but then now helping others do the same thing. And I think this is one of the things, we were talking a bit about this before we hit record, but as business owners, sometimes it feels like, well, my life is pretty boring. Like I don't really have a story to tell. And I want to connect with my audience. I want to connect with others and to grow my following and to be an authority. But how do I do that? 
And how do I find those points within my own journey that make me unique and that set me apart from someone else? So can you speak to that a little bit? Oh, absolutely. And to be fair, I think that I don't have an exciting life or story. And people like when I say that at the the pushback I get on that is extreme because people are like, well, you were a child actor. You did stunts. You were in Freddy versus Jason. You got to meet Robert Eglin. And I'm like, yeah, but that was just work. And I think that's I think that's where um, people really don't see the greatness in themselves because nobody knows us longer than ourselves. And part of that comes with some complacency to our own accomplishments and our own achievements. And it's really hard until you step outside of the self to look at your your life and go, wow, I've done some really cool, interesting things. And one of the things that I've worked with with my clients and have built the system around is coming up with at least five very unique moments in our life that we can focus in on and say, that was an event that had a profound impact on me. And they're really, really easy to find. What you do is you take your age, however old you are, and you divide it by five. And so that you get five even time periods in your life. And you can use simple third grade math too. When we used to divide to the, you know, round to the even or divide to the whole, and you had like the remainder and you, whatever you did with the remainder, it was just the remainder. You didn't even worry about dividing it into other stuff. So for me, I'm 42. If I divide my age using simple third grade math into five even time periods, I take that two and go forget it. And I just go 40 divided by five is eight. And then with that little two remainder, I tack it on to the beginning, the very first time period, because nobody ever remembers what they did for the first two years of their life anyway. <laughs> very and true. And so for me, my first time period is from zero to 10. Then I just look at that time period and I say, what are, what is the, the memory that stands out the most for me in that time period? Zero to 10. What if I, if I was to say, what is your most significant, your most profound, what is your, your greatest memory from that time, good or bad, what is it? And for me, I have two very, very clear, very distinct memories from zero to 10. Both of them actually happened when I was six years old. Both of them are auditory. And the first one is the sound that an audience ever made uh, clapping the first time I ever got a standing ovation and applause. And just that it's a sound and it's a feeling that comes with that, you know, hearing that wave of energy hit my body and feeling the joy and the pride and the accomplishment of knowing that people enjoyed what I had done uh, is a, has set my life and my career in motion because now I seek that high on a daily basis because nothing in the world can compare to the feeling and the joy that comes from having an audience applaud your work. And then the other most significant sound and one again that has influenced my life from the moment I heard it is the sound my mother made when I was six years old the moment she found out from my family physician and a police officer that my father was never coming home, that he had been fatally injured 
in uh, in a motor vehicle accident. And the sound that she made was the most guttural, animalistic, terror-inducing, spine-tingling noise I've ever heard in my life. I've never, ever, ever heard anything like it before or since. And I never want to hear it again, ever. And that that noise has really dictated a lot of the choices that I've made in my life um, because my father's accident was entirely avoidable, entirely avoidable. A single vehicle, motor vehicle incident um, where he just fell asleep at the wheel. And the, you know, I don't ever want, I don't ever want my family, whether that's my mom, my sister, my wife, or my daughter to ever have to hear that I'm not coming home because I was too tired or too exhausted or didn't have the forethought to just pull over and nap. And so those are, those really influence and impact my life. And everybody has a story. It doesn't have to be like that. Like one of them is joyous, right? The sound of applause. One of them is a warning, the sound that my mother made, but we all have those moments in our life that stand out. They're memories to us for a reason. They had impact on us for a reason. And if you want to tell an interesting and compelling story, it's that why that is important. So why is that memory so significant to you? And that's how you then frame it and tell that story because you need to have the impact. If I was to just say, oh, well, my father passed away, doesn't do anything. I tell you that the sound that my mother made when the RCMP officer told her that my father passed away profoundly influenced my life. That has impact. Yeah, I had goosebumps as you're sharing that story, you know, and you're taking us on a journey in that story, too, because first it's the sound of joy and elation and applause and, and the feeling that goes along with that to be affirmed for your work and to feel pride in yourself for your accomplishments. And then the turn that your story takes and the impact that that has. So I'm curious, Tyler, because you mentioned a moment ago about why? Why are these moments the moments that stand out? How do we uncover what that why is? I think this is a question, especially in the business world, that it gets, it, it's jaded. You know, what's your why? You got to stay connected to your why. Yeah, yeah, we all know we have to have a why. Yet I think on some level, we also understand the deep importance of that. And well, I think and it's something think, we struggle with, though, right? Like, how do we how do we tap into what that is? And you're right. And I think you know, and bless Simon Sinek for bringing it to our attention, but curse him for bringing it to our attention. You know, our why really drives every one of our decisions. And I think what people don't understand is that a your why can change, and often will change. Like my, my whys and, and my core values, my intrinsic values, the ones that, that push almost every decision that I make have altered as circumstances in my life has changed. For a long time, my family core was my mother and my sister. And around 16, my mother and I had a real falling out which I think was difficult for both her and I, given that there's only three of us left in my family unit. And I, I actually left home at 16. And 
luckily we've managed to come back together, but my driving factor at that point was no longer the love of my family. It was to prove my family wrong, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and that became a real motivator. And for a while, you know, I was very success driven and, and, you know, why behind that again, you know, having to prove various people wrong, a, a director at, um, at my fine arts high school who told me that I would never be a professional actor really, really pushed a lot of the work that I did in Vancouver in my early twenties. <laughs> and now my biggest motivating factor is my six-year-old daughter. You know, you, I dedicated my book to her because I want to see her not just succeed in the world, but thrive in it, you know, to make this her oyster to to shape it in however she wants it to take advantage of every opportunity and the beginning of the book it says to my daughter may you always have the courage to speak up for what you believe in and the confidence that your voice will be heard and that is now a real driving and motivating factor for me because if i want to have my daughter have that opportunity, I have to create those opportunities for other people too. It can't just be a thing that I wish for her because you and I both know this world currently does not really value her voice. And that needs to change. Even at her age, at six years old, you know, I make a very concentrated effort to make sure that when she has an opinion, even if I don't agree with it, that I have a reasoned understanding to her logic and her, her wish and her will and her desire so that I can empathize with her. And even though she, you know, she can't have the poopsie or whatever toy it is that she's been asking for, for Christmas, because I find it obnoxious. I can at least understand why she finds it entertaining because she's six and toilet humor is entertaining to her. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there and so much richness, richness in what you just shared. And I think that is, such a powerful thing. First, first, to back up to what you said first about allowing your why to change. I think sometimes, and this has been maybe more true for me than I'm generalizing here, but in my own life, I could speak personally. I've been so fixated, you know, at different moments where it's like, this is my why and this is it. And then there's moments that come along where it's like, I don't feel connected to that anymore, which is your indicator that it's changing or that it has to change or that it has changed and that you have to reconnect with that and to allow that process to happen. So that I think is is gold right there to understand, because I know at least for me, again, speaking personally as a perfectionist, as someone who likes to cross all the T's and dot the I's and have systems and processes for everything, to allow the flow and the evolution and the unfolding of things to happen can be a very powerful thing. And then as you describe so well, your why now, you know, not only, you know, for your daughter and helping her with her voice, you're helping others do the same thing and telling their stories and and recognizing that their voice has worth. And what a beautiful well, thing that it- is. And it's important to me because again, the, you know, you are the change you want to see in the world. And if I want to see a world where my daughter, even at six, uh, is listened to and understood, I mean, even again, that, that why that really pushes every decision. And I mean, every decision, the school that we chose for her, we chose specifically because it has a debate team and a public speaking 
program that starts in the first grade. And it, I mean, <laughs> when you put out to the universe, you want your daughter to have a voice. <laughs> when you find the school that has not only a debate team, but a public speaking program that encourages speaking as a leadership development skill and gets six-year-olds to present in front of an auditorium and and it makes it standard and normalized, that, that I mean, I was all over it. I wouldn't even blink because that was the experience that I had. Most people are terrified or claim to be terrified of public speaking, which by the way, we are not terrified of public speaking. The This 77% of people who are afraid of public speaking is a myth. If we were all, as a society, if three quarters of us were afraid to speak in public, there would never be a restaurant who made it off the ground because you would never be able to go down, sit down in public and speak your mind and order food. Like, so this, this myth of public speaking is, is not real. What is real is our fear of public judgment, that the thing we say out loud to the public will be misconstrued or misunderstood or won't resonate or, you know, or what we have to say is not important, right? It's that, that limiting belief, that self-doubt within ourselves, that our story doesn't matter. We're not that interesting. Somebody else has done it better. Somebody else has done it quicker, whatever, whatever the what ifs are, we get so caught up in it, but we're not afraid of public speaking. We're afraid of public judgment. For me, I am comfortable public speaking because I never knew to be afraid of it. Six years old, you know, anybody who's had a, a, a small child knows that from like three to 10, they have no fear. They do just crazy, crazy, crazy things. And so at that age, it's really easy to instill, you know, that you don't need to be afraid of some of these things that society says are terrifying. My, my daughter has been on film and television since she was 11 months old. You know, it was her first acting gig she got. And I, you know, and, and to break my heart she she turned to me about 8 months ago and said daddy i don't want to go i don't want to do these auditions anymore because she used to love going and doing auditions because she'd get to go and see other kids and go into the room with the casting director and the cameras and and it was fun for her and now because of the current situation of the world uh our auditions are self taped in my basement in my studio and it's not fun because daddy's the reader and the casting director and the videographer and <laughs> she doesn't get to get dressed up and go anywhere. She just goes down into the basement, which is basically playtime. And so she she has stopped enjoying that. And I can empathize with that because I remember at 25 when I became jaded with the industry when it wasn't fun. And so I'm definitely not going to be the stage parent that forces my child to audition, even though there are... she constantly gets requests i keep turning them down because right now she doesn't want to i will say hey your agent wants you to do this and she goes no don't want to i go okay because she knows that she has the ability to say what she wants and she will be listened to and she will be heard yeah and how beautiful that you respect that i mean that right there is cultivating her own innate power to be able to use her voice regardless of what other people are eventually, you know, in life, as as people do, what they are going to say about it, you know, that that her voice has power. 
And I think that is such a beautiful thing. You know, I was thinking of my son as you were sharing that. He's three and a half. And mostly I was thinking about his daredevil attempts to do anything and everything that he wants to do uh, without supervision and independently and on his own, right? But this idea of being fearless and of not worrying what anyone is going to say. You know, it's interesting we're talking about voice. One of my defining moments was at nine years old when my mom was washing dishes over the sink. And I can remember this like yesterday. I was standing there watching her wash these dishes. She was in another world, half listening to what I was saying. And I was getting very passionate and very loud with my voice because I wanted her to hear me. And mom, and you just don't understand. And she turns and she looks at me and she goes, Courtney, your mouth is what gets you in trouble. And from that point forward, for probably a solid 20 years of my life, I dimmed my light. I didn't speak up. I stopped using my voice. And only recently have I worked, as you mentioned a moment ago, on those limiting beliefs that got baked into me the moment that that incident happened. And my mom was probably exhausted. She used to work night shifts at the hospital. She was a night nurse. She was probably tired. I was probably being too loud, right? And it was just that that moment, but that was all it took. So to tie that back to to what you just shared about how you interact with your daughter and, and respecting her and the voice that she has, and how for those of us listening out there who are parents, how we can do that with our own children to empower them. And how also to recognize our own stories about how we have, the stories we've created rather, about our voice and our ability to speak and almost the judgments that we, that we make on ourselves for what we think others are going to think, the rejection we assume that's coming but that might not actually happen, right? That prevents us from speaking up. So we could go on a whole nother tangent there. I could talk to you about that all day because I think that is something that is so needed. It is so needed, especially in the world of business. There's so much noise. And in order to cut through that noise, you have to learn how to use your voice. So Tyler, I want to ask you about this because I feel like this would be a perfect point to end on and maybe give our audience some very concrete action steps that they can begin to take in not only recognizing their story, but beginning to tell it. And so one of the things that I hear often from students, from clients, from people in our community is, you know, my audience is just not engaging with me. They're just, you know, I'm showing up on social media. I'm sending out emails. I'm doing all the things that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing that people are telling me I should be doing, but I don't feel that connection or they're not responding to it. You know, no sales are happening. No inquiries are coming in. So how can then, now that we have those story mark, like the story points kind of mapped out are why, you know, we're beginning to recognize that more. Now what? Now how do we begin to tell that? How do we begin to use that story to really engage with people? Well, the first thing to remember is, right, you never want to assume because it makes an ass out of you and me. (laughs) And I've found the biggest mistake in copywriting in storytelling, in uh, social media advertising, outreach, and all of that. And it's becoming more and more and more and more commonplace is the assumption of what your ideal client is thinking or doing or wanting. Mm 
right? Like we have this avatar, we've created the avatar and these are their pain points and these are their struggles. And we're going to speak to their pain points and their struggles. And then suddenly they're going to feel the need and be drawn towards us somehow. And the reality is, is you're making an awful lot of assumptions about very complex organisms in the human condition, right? No one of us is alike, even though we all experience similar things over time. But the circumstances to how you encounter those moments are entirely, entirely unique to us. And it's when you recognize that we are all living unique lives with unique experiences, even though, you know, I, I, I'm sure you understand this uh, analogy perfectly, Courtney. People, if you had cancer, you may have had, you know, a melanoma or you may have had, you know, a prostate or breast cancer or some form of cancer, right? Just because you've had that and somebody else has that doesn't mean that your experience with it is the same. How you found out is different. How it metastasized is different. How it affected your life is different for every person individually. So even if you wanted to speak about cancer, saying, uh, do you struggle with with this, right? And do you have these symptoms? Do you find that this, did you, like all of those assumptions don't do any good. But if you reverse it, if you tell the story, when I first found out the news that I had cancer, it felt like my entire world collapsed around me. For anyone who felt that way, they're going to resonate with it. Some people don't have that feeling when they find out that they have cancer. They're completely uh, disconnected or they're in shock or they have great support or they kind of had a suspicion. And so this was actually a relief to find out that that's what it was. Like, Everybody's reaction is unique, but the people who reacted the way that you did when you tell your story of how you did it from your first person perspective, this was, this was what it was like when I was six years old playing in my room and I heard this sound, the sound that I never want to hear again. You know, anybody who's experienced loss will maybe start to resonate with that. That I knew in that moment that my father was never coming home. And then on top of that, not actually being able to fully comprehend the finality of his death for six years. Which when I do my time period experiment, when I break it into those five time periods, the most significant memory that I have in that next um, time period from 11 to 18 is the first moment where I realized that my father was where I actually openly grieved my father's passing. It was at 12 years old, receiving an award in an assembly of all places. So to complete total public, I had a a complete breakdown realizing the finality of my father's passing. And then the next most significant moment was waking up new year's day, 1997 to the left side of my body being paralyzed. So when I tell these stories, I tell them from a first person perspective, the people who will resonate with it, will resonate with it, and they'll resonate with it strongly because I'm saying how I felt without any assumption of how you should feel or how you may have felt. And then the key is um, a a lot of times people are taught to, you know, do their copy using the hero's journey model that Joseph Campbell made famous. And 
George Lucas has made billions of dollars off of copying for Star Wars. <laughs> and then Harry Potter did the same thing. And a really fun exercise, by the way, is to compare the story of Harry Potter to Luke Skywalker and just change Jedi to wizard. And you can see just how much the <laughs> hero's journey was used for both of them. A young boy orphaned living with his aunt and uncle discovers one day that he is that his parents were Jedi slash wizards. It's really, it's a fun thing to do, but with the hero's journey model, what people need to realize when you're making your sales copy, you are not the hero of the story that is being told, even though it's best told from a first person perspective, you are the sage and mentor that the hero needs to meet in order to be guided along the trials and tribulations that they're going to face so that they can overcome the final demon. So you are not Luke Skywalker. When you tell your story, you're Obi-Wan Kenobi and you're trying to get the Luke Skywalkers who resonate with your story, who want to be Jedi's prepared to face Darth Vader or Voldemort or whatever villain you want to call him. Yeah, that's a very interesting and powerful way to put it because I feel that that is the disconnect, right? And I, I used to struggle with this in telling my own story because I have had some pretty big kind of those highlight moments where someone might look at my life and go, oh my gosh, Courtney, you've had so much. Like you have such a story, but I had a hard time telling that because not everyone has had that experience of overcoming an eating disorder, of going through cancer, of all of these things that are, are like kind of these big things and that were really difficult to go through. But, but, and I realized this later, we've all had experiences of going through something difficult. And so maybe it wasn't even cancer for someone but that they might see themselves in my story when I tell that story about going through that challenge and overcoming it and what it felt like to do that. So I think that is a very interesting way to put it and really a very uh, concrete action step, if you will, that we can take when it comes to telling our story and really telling it from that perspective of, of the guide. Hey, I've gone through this. I've walked that road. Here's what it was like. And here's how I can help you. Yeah. One yeah. of the greatest pieces of advice I was ever given as a speaker is never speak from open wounds, speak from scars. Mm -hmm. Yes. Because it's, it, you know, the scars tell the story, but they're healed. You're the, you can objectively look at them and go, oh yeah, this was that time when versus an open wound that's still festering that you don't know what the end result will be. And, and I think that's, you know, for anybody, you have a story. You probably have multiple stories. And if you do that exercise that we discussed at the beginning, where you break your life into five time periods and just think, what is my most significant memory from that time period? I guarantee you, you have at least five stories that stand out to you in some way. And you have no idea the impact that that story could have on somebody else who is struggling in a, in a similar scenario or who needs the inspiration. Like, again, it doesn't have to be of what is your most traumatic story. It could be a triumphant story. It could be both. It could be your biggest failure, which became your biggest triumph or your biggest triumph, which became your biggest failure. There are lessons in, in all of those stories. And, and your goal then is to determine what are the lessons from this story, 
right? Les Brown says it famously, never tell a story without a point, never make a point without a story. If your story isn't serving a point or providing a lesson, then there's no point in telling it. So your job before you tell that story is to have analyzed it and go, what is the significance here? Why was this so profound for me? What are the lessons that I learned that I can then teach to others? And when you frame it that way, you will be amazed at just how quickly you start to draw those ideal people to you. Remember, there's over almost 7 billion or over 7 billion people in this world. You don't have to reach everybody. Don't try to reach everybody. Fractions. If you got like 1% of the world, if we're 7 billion, is, you know, 7 million. Or no, it's 70 million. Bad math, Tyler. 70 million people. If you just reach 1% of the world. And you, if you wanted to just target the United States, 360 million people in the United States. I'd say if I could reach 3.6 million, 1% of the US population, I'd be doing really good. And I don't even know that I'd be able to serve them, right? As as actual clients, as, you know, if you want to get to Coca-Cola level, great. But for me, if I can reach a thousand people, work with a thousand people one-on-one, that would probably take me the rest of my life to do if I had one-on-one clients. So I don't need to reach everybody. I need to reach those thousand people who I know will have a profound impact working with me. And therefore, my life will have significance having worked for and with them. I love that. 100%. Tyler, I do have one last question for you. I ask this to every guest who comes on the show. And the answers fascinate me because there's never been two answers that have been alike. So I want to hear your unique perspective on this question and kind of just the first gut thought, like, you know, the reaction, whatever you want to call it, gut reaction, first thought that comes into your mind when you hear this question. And the question is this, what does it mean to you to live an effortless life? To be completely in flow where things happen and you know that they're happening because that was the design and not necessarily your design, but that you are comfortable with the divinity that is surrounding you and guiding you through life and you aren't fighting it. I think we spend too much time trying to fight um, destiny, fate, divinity, whatever you want to call it, grace. Um, And when we recognize that, as Tony Robbins says, life happens for us, not to us, that is when we're truly living our most effortless life when we are when we give ourselves up to the flow and therefore are in flow hmm. beautiful Tyler, thank you for being here today. This has been such a fun conversation. I know those listening have gotten so much out of it. For those listening who want to connect with you, follow you online, learn more from you, where can they do that? Well, before I tell them that, Courtney, I would actually ask a favor of them because whatever platform they're listening to this on right now, they have specifically tuned in to Systems Made Simple for a reason. And it's you and the effort that you are putting in to providing content to them uh, that they're regularly digesting. And I know it's real easy to take that for granted. And I know I do. I I consume content on an hourly basis and hardly 
take notice of the effort that has gone into it. So I know because I am a creator, because I've been in film and television for as long as I have, I know the effort that goes into putting a show like this on. So Courtney, my humble ask of your audience before I tell them how to reach me is they already know how to reach you, but they may not have acknowledged that. So whatever device they're listening to this on right now, I want them to hit pause and I want them to give you a five-star review for all the effort that you've gone through to put this show together. And if they could be so kind, what's your favorite episode? What really stood out for you? What was something that you took away that had a real profound impact on you, your life, your business, whatever? And let Courtney know that so that she can continue to bring that kind of content to you. So if you could do me that favor, if you could give Systems Made Simple a five-star review and please give a comment about why you're giving that five-star review, um, then you can unpause and learn that if you want to track me down, the best way to find me is on my website, seantylerfoley.com, and Sean is spelled the proper Irish way, S-E-A-N-T-Y-L-E-R-F-O-L-E-Y.com. And... uh, Hop over there. All things Tyler are posted on the website. Uh, You can see the schedule for training and booking and anybody who wants our free gift to you is um, inclusion in our private Facebook group called Endless Stages and Endless Stages. um, We do live training every Tuesday at three o'clock Eastern time, noon Pacific, one o'clock mountain and uh, I come on for 20 minutes each day, each Tuesday and give Tyler's Tuesday tips and help you with your public speaking. And then we have a really, really supportive, rapidly growing community that has everybody's back, helping people find speaking gigs, helping them get more comfortable on a stage on whatever platform that is. And when we say endless stages, we mean because it could be a podcast It could be an actual stage. It could be a boardroom. It could be a conversation in your house with loved ones or a spouse. Wherever you need to have your message heard, we want to help you do that. And it's free for anybody who is listening to join. So either seantylerfully.com or you can look up Endless Stages on Facebook. For you listening, I swear I did not pay Tyler to say any of that. Tyler, thank you so much. That was much appreciated. And I hope that for you listening, you reach out to connect with Tyler as well, because I think, you know, at least for me in my own journey, learning A, the power of my own voice, B, learning how to use it, have been the two biggest things that have helped me build the audience that I have and have helped me create the connections that I've been able and privileged and blessed and so grateful to create with those that I've had the opportunity to work with. So Tyler, thank you. Thank you so much for all you shared today and for being here. This was awesome. We'll have to have you back on. Oh, it'll be my joy, Courtney. We look forward to it. So I hope that what you heard today excites you because you do have a story and it is worth sharing and your voice deserves to be heard. This is something that I believe to my core. Something else you deserve is to reach a wider audience with your message. And that is something I'm going to help you do over the next six months. One of the ways that I help people tell their stories and reach a wider audience with their message and connect with their community in a deeper way is via a podcast, just like this one. And we have been helping people launch top-ranked podcasts over the past, gosh, almost two years now 
with great success. Now, in exactly three weeks, doors are opening again to our signature podcasting program where we teach coaches and course creators and online business owners how to launch a top-ranked podcast of their own. So if you've ever thought about launching a podcast, if having a podcast of your own is remotely on your radar, you owe it to yourself to get on the wait list and check out what this program is all about. To get more information and find out if having a podcast is really the next right move for your business. So to go get on the wait list to get all the info as soon as we release info on the program and also the workshop that I will be teaching here in the next few weeks, you can head to podcastsmadesimple.co. And when you enter your info there, I will also send you a free copy of my insider's guide that I've created with the five things you need to know before launching a podcast so that you can position your show for ultimate success. So again, that's podcasts with an S, made simple. Co. And we'll link to that in the show notes. Now, next week, we are talking about how to build a business that runs itself, or at least that can run with a minimal amount of your time and involvement, because we want to get you to a place where you are working because you want to work on your business, not because you have to work on it. So tell your friends, join me back here next week. And until then, go live your effortless life. As you might have heard me mention inside this episode, if you want to join me for our next live workshop where I'm going to show you how to avoid the biggest mistakes that cause most podcasts to fail within the first 12 months and literally walk you through the exact framework that we teach our students to launch their shows in the top 100 and convert more of their listeners to clients, just go to the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. That's the effortlesslife.co forward slash podcast workshop. 